Welcome to the Nest Football Show, episode number five. Eddie and I have a loaded show and a lot of stuff to talk to you about. Uh, we can't wait to get into it, but first, I gotta tell you about Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is your one-stop shop for prop bets for this year's fantasy football season. And with the MLB playoffs going on too, it's perfect as well. Use the promo code NEST in all capitals to receive a 100% match on your first deposit. Yep, that is N-E-S-T, all caps, NEST. All right, let's get in to the NEST Football Show, episode number five. Hello? You play to win the game. Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about Playoffs? You kidding me? I'm sorry, I thought this was America. All right, Eddie, it's good to be back with you. Um, happy that we're in the studio, man. It's nice that I'm not seeing you in a little uh, black box on Zoom anymore. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. Looks nice up here. Oh yeah, dude. We we can also do so much live stream stuff. Like I'm so ex- I'm so excited for it. Um, but yeah, we got, we got an interesting, interesting week. So, uh, yeah, let's get right into it. Texans versus Titans. This is a very interesting fantasy matchup in my book. Eddie, what do you think about this one? Talking about my boy, Johnny Smith had 21 last week, five for 40, averaging eight and two touchdowns. Had a great game. Uh, obviously the volume wasn't there initially as he had a slow start with AJ Brown returning from injury. But Johnny Smith is a great start this week. Obviously, you guys know by now that I have Johnny Smith and Noah Fant, two tight ends that I drafted this year. Um, I like Smith, like him a lot this week. And obviously, Will Fuller had 15.8 last week in full point PPR. Um, and he had 22 the week prior. So obviously, he is fantasy relevant. And also, a guy to look out for is Brandon Cooks, who had 30 last week. You say he's still a bench raider. Yeah, huh? he's still a bench guy, dude. If dude, if dude, if you look at his, if you look at his stats, man, he's going, he's inconsistent. One week he has five points, one week he has eight points, one week he has twelve, and then he, I think he had five the week prior to when he had thirty points. And look, listen, this Texans team is an absolute dumpster fire. Brandon Cooks, the guy has had so many concussions. Who even knows if he's in the right mindset to play football right now? I mean, obviously, I don't mean that, but. I just won't trust Brandon Cook, especially when you have a stud like Will Fuller. Um, yeah, I mean, it kind of makes you wonder about DeAndre Hopkins. Is he really that good, or was it the Texans' system? Because Will Fuller's been plugged right in there. Yeah, so in the last two weeks, Will Fuller's been top 10 in fantasy for wide receivers. He's great. He's great. And listen, this Texans team this Texans team is really nothing special fantasy-wise. You have Deshaun Watson and Will Fuller. I'm not touching anybody else. David Johnson in particular is probably the most average running back in fantasy. He has 11 one week, 8 one week, 10 another week. The most he had was 15 the week one against the Chiefs, ironically. But yeah, I'm not touching any of those guys. Um, Yeah, it was interesting with the Titans. They had a big win after getting dragged through the mud with all the COVID rumors. Um, Derrick Henry, like, he's... Did you see what he did to Josh Norman? He literally put him in a body bag and just said see ya he literally dug out his coffin with that stiff arm that might be one of the dirtiest stiff arms i've seen live dude that definitely matches up with marshawn oh one 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 hundred percent was that on tracy porter right yes it was on tracy porter yeah so yeah dude it 100 like dude we we were watching that live and we were just like oh like it was shocking i mean like did we see a bird fly like (laughs) 
uh, legend has it, Josh, Josh Norman's ass is still sliding along the grass right now as we speak. But who are you picking? I like the Titans in that one. I like the Titans too. Titans They're hot. They have Tannehill's. so much ammunition. The Titans are hot, and there are a couple other receivers in that offense that I've had. Corey Davis weeks. is a good play with the Titans. I like Corey Davis. Corey Davis is always Corey Davis has been a great play all year this year. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. Um, he's been consistent. Has over he's he's been consistent all year. Um, not any numbers that will wow you, but yeah. So he's a good flex play. He's getting at least five targets a game. Um, and he's had over 11 points in the first three weeks. And then obviously they had a bye week four, but Corey Davis has been good. And I feel like Ryan Tannehill is a quarterback that is just red hot. He's really come into his own. Ryan Tannehill, to piggyback off what you said, Eddie, he is, he's a waiver wire guy. He's the 17th ranked quarterback. If you have like Wentz or Kirk Cousins, if you're in a weak quarterback team, he's definitely a waiver wire guy. He's only owned in 46% of leagues. You know, I have Matt Ryan and Jimmy G, so my uh, quarterback options have not been very good this year, to say the least. I picked up, I picked up Teddy Bridgewater, but if Teddy Bridgewater was not available for me, my next waiver claim would have been Ryan Tannehill. So only owning 46% of ESPN League, so that's definitely somebody to keep an eye on. Besides Tannehill's poor performance in Week 3 against Minnesota where he had a subpar 16 points, he's put up 31 against Buffalo. He was red hot, um, 75% completion percentage. And also having 75% completion percentage against Jacksonville at home where he put up 28. And then he obviously had 21.4 at Denver. So if you're owning a receiver in this offense, even if it's a tight end, um, you got to love it. Johnny Smith is now tight end four after that big week. And he's had a bye. So there have been players that have played more weeks than him um, so far. But he has been insane. I, I was hot on him since July, and I really like Janu. All right, moving on now. Ravens versus Eagles. The big Eagle, one. Big one, massive one for the Philly faithful. Uh, the Eagles broke my heart last week, but it, you know, fantasy-wise, you know, the Eagles might be the better fantasy offense heading into this week. The Ravens' offense is pitiful for fantasy. So, but people don't realize this. After a slow start, Mark Andrews is tight end number three. He had 17 points last week. He's someone to definitely keep in your lineup. Now, a lot of people don't realize this. Lamar Jackson, he's been kind of a bust this year, dude. He had 15 last week. He's not lived up to fantasy owners' expectations. He's a great quarterback, but fantasy expectations, if you draft Lamar Jackson early, I feel bad for you because he doesn't have any weapons around him. His best receiver is Hollywood Brown, who, by the way, he had 19 last week. So that's definitely something to keep an eye on. I don't know, are you... If you have Hollywood Brown in your lineup, are you taking a chance on him and putting him at your flex, or are you still keeping him on the bench? He's going to be shadowed by Darius Slay, I'm assuming. So no. I wouldn't start Marquise Brown. Obviously, he's a talented receiver. Um, I see him possibly having between 8 to 10 points, um, but nothing more than that, I don't think, unless he's he's very touchdown dependent as well. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah, I don't like Marquise Brown this week. But someone I do like. Oh, um, good segue. Travis Fulgham. Travis Fulgham, Old Dominion, undrafted. I believe he was cut by three teams this season. Yeah. (laughs) And then he was cut by the Birds, and then the Birds picked him up because obviously every year the Birds have, 
you know, a substantial amount of injuries to their receiving corps. So obviously Travis Fulgham has come onto the scene. Um, didn't get a lot of volume in week four, but we were still like, who's that number 13? Is it Aguilar? No, obviously not. There's been memes flying around about like, oh, Aguilar and his mishaps and it's Fulgham's face. Fulgham, 10 receptions, 152 yards receiving, 15.2 average per reception and a touchdown. He also had 13 targets, so a lot of volume. I think he's going to be a superstar in the near future. Um, him and Wentz are just creating and establishing this insane connection. Their chemistry is off the charts, and I like him this week. I like him at the flex, um, only if you don't have any options or if you're dealing with someone like Debo Samuel, who is just coming back from injury and has – is Garoppolo back? He Garoppolo was back last week and he had minus one last week. So yeah, I I dropped Jimmy G this week. <laughs> Horrible, but dude, wait, Travis, you're already you're ready to anoint Travis Fulgham as a superstar wide receiver. I wouldn't already? say he's a superstar, but <laughs> I wouldn't say he's a superstar, but he has looked really good. Um, obviously that catch versus the 49ers in week week four in week four. You know, obviously a great ball by Wentz and a great catch by Fulgham, but his getting 13 targets last week versus Pittsburgh, you see Philly and it's like they have injuries on all sides of the ball. So assuming they're going to be playing from behind, especially um, at home versus Baltimore, um, the Eagles have not played good at home, right? Um, yeah, but well, 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 the Eagles haven't played good all year, Eddie. They're 1-3-1, okay. and one, but... Something that is really important is the Eagles are going to have 7,500 fans in the stands this week, which could be a big factor. But, Eddie, what I want to talk about is, I want to talk about Zach Ertz. He is continuing to regress. I don't know what's going on with Zach Ertz, whether it's a mental thing with the money, he wants a new contract. I don't know what it is, but he had one freaking point last week. He is tight end 15. He was drafted as early as the fourth round in some leagues. That is... Brutal. If you are a Zach Ertz owner, you are disgusted. I mean, I've never seen Zach Ertz play this bad in my entire life. This should be an area for Zach Ertz to thrive because the wide receiving core are all undrafted guys. We don't have any of our top three wideouts in Rieger, Alshon, and Deshaun Jackson back right now. So this should be, and Goddard's out too. He should be thriving right now. Instead, he's just become a decoy and a blocking tight end. I don't know what's going on with Zach Ertz, and it's disappointing to see. You know, I think he—I don't want to say it now, but I—I I hope I'm wrong. But Zach Ertz has looked pretty washed up this year. I will say he's getting a lot of the attention from opposing defenses, but now with Fulgham coming onto the scene, I think he's going to get a lot of attention too. So that's where I feel like if you're just adding Fulgham this week, stash him on your bench and see how he does because. He's going to pro. He, I, I'm assuming he is the number one receiver in this offense, um, besides obviously Ertz at tight end. Um, and also, what is up with Dallas Goddard? Is he coming back? Sooner? No. So Dallas Goddard is not coming back next week. But the rumors are that Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson have a chance to play. Now, it seems like Fulgham will still. I mean. Fulgham and Greg Ward, regardless of the health of Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey, they deserve to be in the lineup. 
you know, they have proven their worth as starting wide receivers in the NFL. Though those two guys should be Eagles for long for a long time to come. Both those guys, Greg Ward, Travis Fulgham. But and to speak about Fulgham a little more, he had the best receiving game of any Eagles wideout since Alshon Jeffrey in the 2017 NFC Championship game. That's an insane stat. <laughs> That's an absolutely insane stat. Um, and you know, if you're a Miles Sanders owner, you had to be happy too. He had 23 last week, but most of his yards were from that big rushing touchdown he had. But then again, he was playing the best rushing defense in the Steelers. But he, that that run looked pretty good, though. He looked great. Yeah, obviously it's good to see. Um, he averaged seven. 7.3 yards a carry, but obviously, like Jake said, a lot of them came from that big rushing touchdown. Um, you know, we had a good week, and I also consider it as, you know, even though the Steelers are one of the best rushing defenses in the NFL, he was in play, He was playing in front of his hometown uh, family. His family was in attendance. Um, but, yeah, you know, he's not getting the volume the last two weeks. He's had 13 carries and 11, so... I don't know. He's been pretty inconsistent as um, a first-round running back going in a lot of drafts. Um, he's now RB17, so he's projected you know, 17, 18 points every week, but he doesn't always meet those expectations. On ESPN, he has only boomed one out of four weeks while not busting at all, but... And, and we're calling the last week a boom week, too. I assume, because that's the most points. But, Eddie, to piggyback off what you said, what we always talk about the running back position is volume of carries. If you're not getting the carries, then, you know, it's not an ideal situation for in PPR as a fantasy running back. So he's had a – in week four, he had 13 carries. In week five, he had 11 carries. That's not good. So he's not getting the volume. But then again, he's Miles Sanders. You know, he could break out for a 74-yard touchdown. But – it's definitely something to keep an eye on that he's not getting the volume that you would like to see from, in some leagues, a first-round draft pick in Miles Sanders. Now, speaking of volume, don't even get me started on how bad these Ravens running backs are. J.K. Dobbins had eight points last week. Ingram had five. Gus Edwards had two, was non-existent. So, if you have any of these Ravens running backs, do not put them anywhere near your lineup because it's a running back by committee and... There is no consistency on who is getting the back, who who is getting the carries on every down. There is not an every down back. Yeah, I mean, you don't want... It's like you're playing Russian roulette every week with this running back core, and it's not something that I would want to do if I'm a J.K. Dobbins or Mark Ingram owner. I wouldn't even have... I, I would keep Dobbins on my bench, but I wouldn't even have Mark Ingram rostered on my team. All right, Eddie, mo moving on here. Falcons versus Vikings. What do you think about this one? Obviously, start Alexander Madison. Oh, yeah. Really did well last week at 16. Um, he's projected about 18 points this week. Um, it's almost like a you stash him on your bench. Uh, and <laughs> Your draft favorite for, saying. <laughs> yeah, you stash him on your bench and you really draft him for value in case Dalvin Cook, who has not been healthy, it seems like he's gotten hurt at least once a season. Oh, yeah, no, it's definitely like, like, like let's say you have Christian McCaffrey and then you own Mike Davis. Or so, you added him, yeah, or you yeah. have Benny Snell and... And James Conner. Well, not not, not as much because James Conner's un, unreliable, but I get what you're seeing. Mm -hmm. If like if you have Dalvin Cook and you picked up Alexander Madison, that's a great play because the Vikings offense um, is one of those offenses where I think any running back can succeed in it. Not trying to knock Dalvin Cook. He's obviously one of the best in the NFL, but I think it's a good situation for Madison. Totally. Um, 
obviously Calvin Ridley didn't play at Green Bay, um, but he's liked really well. Um, position rank, he is third amongst wide receivers. Uh, he had eight receptions for 136 yards last week. No touchdowns, but he had 10 targets. Um, there's only been one week. Oh, he actually played, and I'm assuming, did he get hurt? Yeah, he didn't play Green Bay, but there's only been no, one. He, he got five targets. Oh, yeah, he didn't have a catch that sing- that whole game. Wow. Yeah. He didn't have a single catch. But so, when he's targeted, he's getting 100 receiving yards a game. Yeah, he's an animal. Yeah, so there's only been one week this year where Calvin Ridley has not gotten at least 10 targets. Um, he's been incredible. Uh, obviously, Julio Jones was going before him, but Julio Jones has been hurt. I know Raider owns Julio Jones, so that really pisses him off, but... <laughs> He's actually killing me. Also, another guy that we were very high on last week. It um, seems like every time we hype someone up, they do bad. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Justin Jefferson had a dismal 5.3 points last week. I know the owner of Justin Jefferson in our league is in a scramble because his number one receiver is Jarvis Landry, so he's starting Jefferson as the number two. Jefferson each week is a boomer bust guy. Like obviously, besides his thirty point five point game, he had fourteen the week pro- after, and he had five. I mean, and then he also had seven and four. So like, this guy is very—he's unreliable to say the least, and it sucks because you know obviously he's one of the most intriguing rookie wide receivers in this class, but you know. Obviously, I wish the Eagles picked him up in the draft, but I think Rager, Jalen Rager, is going to be insane when he comes back. So, so Eddie, you make a lot of good points, but I like Jefferson this week because the Falcons' defense is brutal. I think him and Thielen are must plays. I think Jefferson's a must flex play because we've seen him boom. We had that 30-point week, then he had 14 right after. So, yes, he regressed last week, but the Falcons' defense is brutal. And, dude, I mean... Do you, do you agree with that? Like, I think Jefferson and Thielen are must-plays. Yeah, no matter who Thielen is going up against on the so other good. side, he is one of the most reliable receivers in the game. And he's still going. Like, I think he went in rounds two, three, and four. Guys like Julio Jones were going before Thielen, and he was going in the range with the tier of Keenan Allen and some of the other guys like Smith-Schuster. So it's kind of, you know, he's been one of the most reliable receivers in the league and considering that he was from minnesota he was he was uh adam thielen eddie and i talked about this he has carved out a great career for himself he's from minnesota state mankato a division (laughs) two school the only division one sport they have is ice hockey but yeah no adam thielen he's a stud i mean what eddie just said Wide receivers were undervalued so much this year. Running backs like Kenyon Drake and James Conner, they were so overvalued this year. David Johnson was overvalued too. I think Conner went in the range where he, he was, he was in value. No, yeah, I misspoke. I, I know. As soon as I said it, I knew I was wrong. But um, like I drafted him in the third, the end of the third round, one. But he since he's come back, he's had twenty point one points, twenty five and fifteen. He also had a bye week four. Um, it all depends on if he's getting the volume, obviously, um, which he has, he's gotten 16, 18, 15, um, since coming back from injury, but you got to wonder, you know, I have Benny Snell's, uh, on my bench right now, 
just in case he gets hurt because the last thing I want is to drop any Snell to pick up like a Lavishka Chenault or a Travis Fulgham, have them underperform, and then Connor get hurt. So no matter if Snell's playing or not, I'm still going to keep him on my bench and see what happens because obviously Connor is very unreliable. When it comes to injuries, I think all the Steelers' backs are unreliable, but we can get we're gonna get into that. But um, Eddie and I talked about how certain players were undervalued. A guy who was severely undervalued was Todd Gurley. He had twenty five points last week. You know we shit on him a lot two weeks ago. He's fantasy relevant. He's running back number eleven in fantasy, so he's a must start. I think Todd Gurley's a must start, and he just showed you know why he's Todd Gurley. Why the Rams invested all that money in him? He's only making three million dollars this year, and he might be getting the big payday after how he's performed this year. Uh, one last thing, Matt Ryan. I'm a Matt Ryan owner. He had eight points, another mediocre week. He had 15 week three, 12 week four, and eight week five. He keeps regressing. He's playing a Vikings defense, which is not the easiest defense in the world. Um, it's definitely time to look for alternative options. Speaking of James Conner, Browns versus Steelers. So Eddie mentioned about... Benny Snell and James Conner, yeah, you stash them on your bench, but I don't think either of them are fantasy relevant. I don't think James Conner's fantasy relevant. I think he's a borderline flex guy at best. What? Yeah, I think he's a borderline flex guy. He's he's the 20... 20- I think he's RB2. He's, no, he's a borderline flex guy. He's the 23rd best ranked running back in the NFL. He's inconsistent. If you have better options, you use those better options. Look, I have... totally I, disagree with that. What do you mean? I would play... I have, I have David Johnson, Aaron Jones, and Mike Davis... I'm playing all those guys over James Conner if I have them in my team. I wouldn't play David Johnson over James Conner. 100% would because at least he's he gets RB, volume. He's RB23 considering he's already had a bye and he was injured week one. He's been doing well. Um, obviously, the rankings don't say, or the rankings say otherwise, but I think Conner has been very impressive. Um, I just don't trust him. I feel like he's going to I don't hurt. trust him either, but... I like the when he plays and he starts, you know, he's obviously a guy you need to lock in your lineups because you drafted him so high. Yeah, he's still fancy relevant, but I mean, we're going to agree. I think he's borderline flex, but we're going to have to agree to disagree on that one. Uh, Odell had 10 points, 12th in fantasy. Um, Yeah, I mean, that's just something to mention. A decent week for Odell. Kareem Hunt, 18 points. He is running back, he's a massive fantasy play. With Nick Chubb out. He is running back eight now, Kareem Hunt, after having a dismal start to the season. So, yeah, Kareem Kareem Hunt, we, we talk about volume, and he's finally starting to get the volume. He had 20 carries last week. That is massive. He's a massive fantasy player with Nick Chubb out. You love to see Kareem Hunt doing well. Um, he already has more rushes than Miles Sanders. He has more carries. <laughs> <laughs> Sanders had 62 on the season, and now Kareem Hunt has 70, considering that Chubb was going before Kareem Hunt. But obviously, if you're a Chubb owner, it sucks. You know, it is what it is. But I knew it before the season that I was not going to target Chubb based on the fact that Hunt was going to be shadowing him. Uh, when this guy is getting 20 carries a game, he's dangerous. I know he kind of underperformed at 3.6 average uh, yards a carry when against Indianapolis, which is a great rushing defense. So it's tough, but at Pittsburgh, you know, I think he has something to prove, you know, after his domestic violence issues, correct? Mm-hmm. I think he has something to prove this year, and I think he's going to go on a tear. 
I could easily see him remaining in the top ten the rest of the season. Yeah, he's a talented guy, and and with Nick, you know it. He's honestly lucky that Nick Chubb got hurt. Well, Kareem Hunt owners are lucky that Nick Chubb got hurt because Chubb was the main guy. But yeah, so Kareem Hunt's a must play. Um, I think Hunt is such like going into the going into the draft with Kareem Hunt. I feel like it was such a high risk, high reward with him because. He was going to be an average, maybe a flex play, if not like your first running back off your bench. But now that Chubb's hurt, he basically has the keys to the car and the keys to the organization to just go on a tear the next Whoa. couple of weeks. Kareem Hunt, the wife beater, you're giving the keys to the Browns organization? I don't know about that, Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he looks good. Um, Obviously, 19... Uh, at Dallas, and then 18.3 against Indianapolis. So I like Kareem Hunt this week. Definitely has something to prove. He's still a very relevant running back that deserves all the attention in the world. So, yeah, I love Kareem Hunt. Deontay Johnson got hurt again. He's questionable this week. Just That's just sad to see. You know, he's a talented guy, and I think he was in for maybe, like, he was in for maybe, like, five plays, and it's just sad, you know. He started the he started the year off. He had a nine point week, then he had a twenty two point week, and yeah, he's just if you are a Deontay Johnson owner, that is uh that is just stressful. You know, I've gone through the same thing with Deshaun Jackson. He's just never been healthy this year. So I don't know why you drafted Deshaun Jackson. I mean, I I took a flyer. You know, you take flyers on a couple guys. I also draft drafted Tua. He never he hasn't played yet. I dropped him. But Eddie, we we can agree on this. Chase Claypool. He was only owned in 8% of the leagues at the time of his big boom day against the Eagles. Dude, I love Claypool. He's just, he's really good at creating separation, and he's got the speed to back it up. Like, that play where he burned Nate Jerry for the for the game-clinching touchdown, I was really impressed with this guy. And Chase Claypool um, bursted onto the scene for touchdowns. He definitely has a lot of opportunities to hit those TikTok dances. Um, he literally... Kick the bird in the mud against the Eagles. Um, this guy is 6'4", 238. He's a rookie wide receiver out of Notre Dame. Um, he is incredible. Like, there's really no way around it. Before the season, you didn't know who was going to emerge in that Steelers receiving corps. You thought Juju was going to get the most of the volume, um, which he's still the number one receiver in that offense. But... You never knew, you know, with James Robinson or James, you never knew with James, James Washington out of Oklahoma State and even Deontay Johnson, you weren't too sure who Roethlisberger was going to like the most. But man, Claypool is such an intriguing player. Um, I don't know if he can, you know, that might be his best game of the season. Yeah, because the Eagles secondary is, uh, you know, the Eagles secondary is so interesting. Other than Darius Slay, who is maybe the best corner in football, their, their secondary is just not good at all. Like, Cravon LeBlanc has looked brutal, and they have they have the worst linebacker. So, it was, he had seven receptions for 110 yards, and it... It was one of those games where it's just like the middle of the field was just constantly open for him. But I so yeah, like like Eddie said, that's probably his best game of the year. But you still add a guy like that, you know, like a guy put up forty two points. If you're number one on the waiver orders, a guy like him or Travis Fogum are guys you definitely need to add. I totally agree. Um, his averages per reception are all over nine, 
15 besides the Philadelphia week where he had 15.7 average yards per reception. So he's a big deep threat. Um, obviously, we know the Tyree Kills and the Deshaun Jacksons in the league. Um, they're very boomer bust. And obviously, Claypool has been that way. Obviously, his 42-point week against Philly, you know, you, I wouldn't hype him up too much considering the Eagles' defense is absolutely garbage. I don't even want to talk about except, it. But. Except for Slay. He's good. Slay yeah. is as good as Slay is the only promising guy. Will Parks is now activated. Um, That'll be interesting to see. Yeah, but like... Who knows? And no, yeah, one of the, like 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 what you just said about how the Eagles' defense is brutal. You know, I was more impressed with Travis Fulgham's game because he's he did that against one of the best defenses in the NFL and the Steelers. But something to mention about this game too. I'm picking the Browns. I don't know about you. Who who, who are you picking, by the way? Browns are red hot. Yeah, I like the Browns. Yeah, but one of the things to mention about we we hyped Kareem Hunt. It should be noteworthy that. He is playing the best rushing defense in the NFL in the Steelers. And Miles Sanders, who had that big 74-yard touchdown, he had 11 carries for 80 yards. So he had the, the the other 10 carries he had were just for six yards. So that is something to keep an eye on with Kareem Hunt. I don't know if I like Juju this week. Um, obviously, you have to start him, but just be skeptical considering that Denzel Ward is on the opposite side. Um, Denzel Ward had a crucial interception at Dallas. Um, when that offense went on a tear, um, that was the best. It was crazy. They put up so much points at Brown's offense, but Baker Mayfield still had under 20 points. <laughs> that is just uh, hard to believe, but really like Odell. There's a lot of guys, Eddie, in this matchup who are iffy fantasy players. Odell, Kareem Hunt, James Conner, Chase Claypool, Juju has a tough matchup. This could be... A very this there there could be a lot of bust this week in this matchup. So we're Agreed. we're both in agreement on the Browns, but it's gonna be I'm gonna watch this game very closely. Um, all right, we're gonna move on. Bengals versus Colts. Uh, I have a little rant about the Bengals real quick. So, um, who would have thought in a world with Tyler Boyd and T Higgins and AJ Green? AJ Green has solidified himself as the third wideout on that Bengals team. And what pisses me off even more is that A.J. Green literally was caught on the sidelines saying that he requested that he wants to be traded out of Cincinnati. What the fuck does that do for Joe Burrow? How is that good for the guy's confidence? It's horrible for his confidence. Confidence. A.J. Green needs to realize that he's old, he's past his prime, and he's at the point where he's going to be a guy who might have one, bit, one or two big weeks a season, but he's a depth-wide receiver at best. Tyler Boyd had eight points last week. I'm still keeping him in my lineup. T. Higgins, he had 10 points last week. He had another productive week. T. Higgins, I think he's still a borderline flex guy. But aside from the interesting wide receiver position with the Bengals, Joe Mixon, he had 15. He is running back number 10 in fantasy. He's carved out a great career for himself. You know, it also shows that how good Joe Mixon is when you have a running back of Giovanni Bernard's caliber as your backup and you're still able to control the brunt of the carries. He had 24 last week, 25 the week, week prior, and this Indianapolis D is nothing special, so he could have a massive week. Yeah, Eddie, wh what do you think about this one? Mixon is very inconsistent. Um, obviously, the first three weeks, he's he. it seems like he always starts off his season slow, but obviously that game against Jacksonville is nothing to he just... Get 
throw under the rug here. He gets the volume, though. He gets the volume. 25 and 24 carries. Um, I believe he has more. I think Josh Jacobs leads the league in carries and volume. Um, but obviously, Mixon is an intriguing player. Um, started off slow, but he's hot, so... Yeah, no, I mean, say. I mean, yeah, I don't have a lot to say about Mixon either. I mean, he's he's just a guy who's he's just a solid running back too. Um, Agreed. I think we can both agree upon this. T.Y. Hilton fucking sucks. <laughs> he is the 59th overall wideout. T.Y. Hilton, a guy who was a third or fourth round draft pick, I believe in most leagues. I don't know where where did he go in our league. Let's check it out. See where T.Y. So, Hilton went in the Corona Cup league. He was a 45th overall. Oh, my God. So, that's wide receiver two territory. He was going, oh, yeah, wow. <laughs> so, yeah, just, just to keep in mind, we talked about how wideouts were undervalued and some were overvalued. T.Y. Hilton was drafted 45th overall in our league. I snagged Stephon Diggs, who is wide receiver number five in fantasy with pick number 60. Um, if I'm If you're a T.Y. Hilton owner, I would just be puzzled, you know. I don't know what's going on with him and Phillip Rivers, but Phillip Rivers has to get him the ball. He's a talented guy. You know, it also, it, it could just be that Phillip Rivers is washed because guys, because Jonathan Taylor has been getting a lot of volume this season. He had 15 last week. I think he's still a flex play, honestly. He's running back number 13. I like Jonathan Taylor. I like him pretty much every week. All right, Eddie. Jags versus Lions. Two guys you love in this game. Minshew Mania and Kenny Galladay. Eddie, give it to me straight, man. Tell me about Minshew. What's going on with him? I mean, straight up, I'm starting Matthew Stafford. Oh, uh, so. boo. Sell out. Sell out. <laughs> I want to see. Um, let's pull up my team here. So my quarterback room is probably the best in the league. Um, obviously, Minshew, Matthew Stafford, and Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert went on a tear, but we'll save that for later. Um, oh, he has a bye. So I would have started Justin Herbert if he didn't have a bye. Um, but Stafford's back. Um, he had a bye last week. He plays at Jacksonville, projected 21.6. Obviously, we talked earlier in the year. Him and Kenny Galladay have one of the best connections in the NFL. For the Lions, not really much going on. You play Galladay, and Hawkinson will get you 10 a week. He's tight in 13, and he'll... He, if, if you look at Hawkinson, he's good for 10 a week. But you mentioned your boy Minshew. One of the things that's good to see is LaVishka Chenault and Keelan Cole are good for 10 points every single week. Gardner Minshew's not a bad fantasy player. He's ranked 12th. I crapped on him last on I crapped on him two weeks ago. I was a little yeah. mean to you. I want to formally apologize. Gardner Minshew, yeah, he's a solid play, you know. I'd, I'd play him over Wentz and Kirk Cousins easily. Definitely. Yeah, he's solid. Um, he's averaged over 21 points a game. Uh, in every single week, besides week three against Miami, which we had no, I think we it was a wake up call to the entire league that Miami is not as bad as we initially intend than we initially thought. So Minshew, love Minshew. I'm never gonna get rid of him. Um, <laughs> I look just, at the dude, I just, just love his mustache. I just would <laughs> love to grow out that stash. You know, in in college, he used to like. Bang his hand. Yeah, because no, so all right, so that so so the Gardner Minshew story is he wanted to take a red shirt that one year. So, but coach wanted him to play, and he was like the fourth string QB, and they had three injuries, and he was red shirting, and they were like he didn't want to give up his eligibility, so he took a hammer and he smashed his hand, so he didn't have to play. 
so he didn't lose a year of eligibility, <laughs> which is absolutely hilarious. But, um, yeah, Eddie, who are you picking? I'm riding with Minshew Mania this week. I like Minshew. Yeah! <laughs> also, DJ Chark is questionable. DJ Chark. DJ He's Chark been a bust this year. Unfortunately, he, he was just supposed can't to be the number healthy. one. He was supposed to be the number one wideout. Uh, I mean, he hasn't been. Yeah, no, he's he's been. Eh, he's been. Eh, I, I don't know. It's just it's just sad. I mean, he was supposed to be a lot better. He got drafted sixty second, two picks after I picked up Diggs. Yeah, so obviously Diggs was the home run pick of the draft, in my opinion. Thank um, you. Raiders really killed it with his receivers selections this year. Right, Eddie. Bears, Panthers. Uh what I think about this one is the Panthers' offense is very, very interesting. They're very much alive. Teddy Bridgewater, 42% of leagues he's owned. I'm so in. glad he's starting as a quarterback. Just after that horrific injury um, when he was in Minnesota, like I'm just, I'm very proud of the guy and I want to see him succeed. Besides the point, that's not fantasy related. Yeah, he's someone you want to pick up on waivers if you need a quarterback. I picked up Teddy Bridgewater. He's a great waiver guy. And the Robbie Anderson, Teddy Bridgewater connection has looked lethal. Robbie Anderson is wide receiver number seven in fantasy. I picked him up in like the 10th round. Who would have thought about that? I, I, know, I, I feel like no fantasy, like no one that is like a fantasy football analyst predicted this, that throughout five weeks that Anderson would be inside the top 10. Um no one was like, oh, gotcha on that one. Robbie Anderson is now like this superstar wide receiver. We've always known him as a deep threat, but it's crazy to think that really no one saw this coming. Couldn't have said it better, Eddie. And what even is more frustrating, too, is Robbie Anderson is one of the guys the Eagles thought about signing in the offseason but didn't sign. Imagine we had Robbie Anderson, Travis Fulgham, Greg Ward, Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson, and Jalen Rieger. I don't like Alshon, but... I know, but I mean, it's still good with the depth. E.J. Moore, it's good to see him bounce back. He had 19 points, but in my book, he is wide receiver number 25, but he's not fancy relevant in my eyes. I mean, I don't know. He had, so th this is a stat line. He had 9 points, 20 points, 8 points, 8 points, and 19 points. He's a borderline flex guy, but I feel like he, you're kind of playing Russian roulette with him a little bit. Exactly. I mean, he was going in the fourth round, so he was going way before someone like Diggs. Also drafted Below digs, over digs. <laughs> I mean, he was drafted as a wide receiver two in this year's draft. There was a lot of hype around him, but there was no consensus on whether or not Bridgewater liked him as a target. I mean, this guy, besides his 13 targets, um, where he turned that into eight catches in week two at Tampa Bay, he's getting four, six, five targets a game, and it's tough to say with him. You know, he's been borderline bust. I mean, obviously, great to see him bounce back last week. Um, but, man, it's been it's been a ride with him. He's actually had a decent fantasy season. It's just that he was way overvalued. Way yeah. overvalued. He's had a decent year. But um, another guy on the Panthers, Mike Davis, had another 20-plus point week. If we, we talked about this earlier. Uh, he's on my lineup, Mike Davis. If you have Christian McCaffrey and you own Mike Davis, it's it's like nothing ever happened. You know, you just plug Mike Davis right in and you're good to go. And the Panthers 
actually are three and zero with Mike Davis and zero and two with Christian McCaffrey, which is something very interesting to think about. <laughs> anyway, imagine, think? imagine if Mike Davis took Christian McCaffrey's job and Christian McCaffrey <laughs> got traded to some team. I don't know but, about that, Eddie. I, mean, I, I think mean, it's a little much. Mike Davis has looked incredible. I don't think right now. There were reports that he might play this week, but it'd be way too early for him. I think the Panthers are going to ease him back into the lineup. Um, but obviously, 28 and 24 when he was playing. So obviously, when he's back healthy, you know, he's a must start. It's I mean, sign art of Mike Davis when he's back. If you have a can't drop player, which most teams have at least one or two of them, then you have to start them. It's almost inevitable, but... What do you think about David Montgomery? I'm not starting a running back unless they're getting 15 carries a game. That's so fact. Um, I think Montgomery's in the flex range, but obviously he's projected 16.7. So if you have no one else to add as your RB2, then obviously start David Montgomery. But they claim that... He could potentially have a volume increase in week six at Carolina. So it should be interesting. Something to keep an eye on. And, um, yeah, I mean, Allen Robinson is so back. The guy had 18, another big week. He's wide receiver number eight. You remember his rookie year when he was in Jacksonville? He had 1,400 receiving yards and 14 <laughs> touchdowns. He's like, so back. He has looked amazing, and he is getting – he had last three weeks. He has had thirteen, ten, and sixteen targets. That's absurd. Um, and Trubisky's throwing the ball. No, it's Foles. Oh, it's Foles. Yeah, yeah, I forgot. Well, well, I mean, it makes sense. Wait, just look. So there is a correlation in fantasy points as soon as Big Dick Nick becomes quarterback. Since Big Dick Nick has become quarterback, he has had twenty-eight, twenty-three, and nineteen. So Dick Foles is definitely working wonders for Allen Robinson. Uh, Eddie, you've a vested interest in this one. Giants versus Redskins, a matchup in the best division in football, the NFC East. Eddie, give it, give it to me straight, man. I mean, anybody who looks at this matchup for fantasy thinks, oh, I mean, this matchup sucks. But, but, but you, you're riding with the Washington football team. So, you got Gibson and McLaurin. Are you playing them both again this week? So, Mc, or Antonio Gibson is actually questionable. And, oh, really? I didn't even know But that. he is projected 15. Obviously, you saw what Zeke did last week against Washington. I mean, whoever you have at running back and they're playing the Giants, like it's almost an assured 15-point game. Uh, di- uh, not Gibson had 10 last week, and the week prior, he kind of blew onto the scene with 22 points. Um, McLaurin is also an interesting play. I'm starting him this week, probably at my flex. Um, um, McLaurin, McLaurin's volume is very up and down. Like Baltimore week four, he had 14 targets, and that's obviously when he had 10 for 118. Um, I think he has a bounce back week. I mean, who is in that giant secondary that we can think of? I mean, Landon Collins is gone at safety, so it's like, who? Yeah. Landon Collins is actually on the red on the Washington football team. So, so so is our boy Ronald Darby the best cornerback in Eagles history? Yeah. So, <laughs> Darius Slayton might have a day. Yeah, um, dude. Darius Slayton and Devonta Freeman are something to watch. Definitely, I think Devonta, Devonta Freeman had sixteen last week. So that's yeah. something to keep an eye on. But I mean, yeah, I mean, this is like this is a stinker of a game, man. I mean, 
I mean, I don't even. I mean, I guess I. I guess I picked the Redskins. I mean, I don't even have much to say about. I. I guess you picked the Redskins, right? Yeah. Or the Washington Football Team. All right, Eddie. This is a big one for you. You love the Broncos for fantasy. Broncos. They're playing the Pats. Tell me what you think. Drew Locke is back. Melvin Gordon out of DUI, and Philip Lindsay <laughs> might get the bulk of the carries here. Um, coming back from a toe injury. Noah Fant is also questionable. Um, you know, he had that, I believe it was an ankle injury um, against the Jets. He had a bye to recover. Um, playing against a tough Patriots defense, but knowing the Patriots, the Patriots gave up 19 points to both DJ DK Metcalf. The Patriots gave up 19 points to both Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. So obviously Jerry Judy, Noah Fant, you know, you want to include KJ Hamler or Deshaun Hamilton. If you have KJ Hamler on your lineup, are you putting him at the flex or no? No, not even no? close. Okay. That's what um, but yeah, I mean if Fant plays, he's a start. Um um, you know, fortunately for me, I have Johnny Smith and he's been on a tear. Um <laughs> Noah Fant is now tight end nine. Uh he has not missed a game this season. Um, it has been pretty reliable for Drew Locke and some of the other quarterbacks. Like, but now Drew Locke is back. It's going down. <laughs> I think honestly, I think I think having Drew Locke back, especially especially against a shoddy Patriots secondary, could speak volumes for Noah Fant and Jerry Judy, who are already having extremely productive years. Yeah, I mean, Judy is now wide receiver 55, so he's not like the most flashy fantasy player. He's very touchdown dependent. He has one on the year. For for a rookie, that's solid, though. Rookies ultimately start out slow. You see Judy, his least amount of points was week one against Tennessee, where he had 9.6. But since then, he's averaged over 10 points a game, and I think he's really going to pick it up here. Um, especially with, I mean, Corton Sutton's been out, but... You know, with Fant not being reliable with injury, I mean, sky's the limit with this guy, and there's a reason why they drafted him before C.D. Lamb. So, obviously, Jerry Judy is going to get an increase in volume this week and moving forward. All right. Uh, Eddie and I were just laughing looking at the stats. This is a more interesting fantasy matchup than we thought. It's the Jets versus the Dolphins. Eddie and I have just discovered that Ryan Fitzpatrick is the seventh best quarterback in fantasy football. The Fitz magic is real, folks. Other than six points in week one, he's had 27, 26, 23, and 30. He had 22 of 28 for 350 yards last week. <laughs> and he's getting, he had, the week before, he had six carries for 47 yards and a touchdown. This guy's like 41 years old, and he's like, he's a top 10 fantasy quarterback. So, Fitz magic. Fitzmagic's a must-start. You gotta start Fitzmagic. And on top of it, too, Miles Gaskin is the 16th best running back in the NFL. He he had 20 points last week. This Dolphins team is sneakily becoming a legitimate fantasy team. And Devontae Parker, too. Devontae Parker had he had 13 last week, 21 the week week prior, after a slow start to the season. He's a flex guy. So Eddie, I mean, I have nothing to really say about the Jets, but like Dolphins are interesting, man. Very interesting. I mean, you see with these Dolphin receivers, they don't get a lot of targets. Um, the only game where 
The only game where Devontae Parker really got a lot of volume was week four against Seattle. He had 12 targets, turned it into 10 for 110, um, averaging 11 a reception. But obviously last week was very disappointing. He only had two for 50, and he had a touchdown. So obviously that spiked up his numbers to have 13. Um, I don't like him this week. Um, he's a very interesting player, but he's... I know he's been picking it up, and I guess with this magic, you got to start him. I mean, it's amazing that Ryan Fitzpatrick is the seventh best fantasy quarterback. That went totally under the radar, in my opinion. I mean, I had no idea. I know he was going off most waiver wire boards throughout the beginning of this year, but Fitzmagic has looked magical to say the least. I mean, <laughs> great, holy great, fucking great shit. word choice, Eddie. I know. Holy <laughs> shit, man! No, like I was saying how you said Fitzmagic looks magical. Yeah, like, <laughs> holy moly, what in the tar... Like, Patrick is a Fitzmagic. 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 Is a, it's always Fitzmagic. Um, that's what we refer to him as. <laughs> Fitzmagic is a wild man. He's got some grays in his beard. He's only owned man, in 40% he is, slaying, he is slaying darts there in Miami and South Beach. 48% of leagues, too, the beard man for the beard man. 48% of the leagues for the top 10 <laughs> quarterback... Eddie, I know we talked about Travis Fulgham as a waiver wire guy, but it could be Fitzmagic. I mean, we, 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 we might have to reassess. We might have to make a graphic for Fitzmagic to post. But uh, we got to talk about this. So we talked about Miles Gaskin, who's been great, but Lev Bell is rumored to be going to the Dolphins. Uh, what a dumpster fire New York is. How do you not work it out with Lev Bell? I mean, now if now Lev Bell could go to a team like the Chiefs and win a Super Bowl. Adam Gase is the worst coach I've ever seen. Like he might be the he might be worse than Chip Kelly. And like we talked about it before, literally he was on the Dolphins. He was the Dolphins, I believe. He was their head coach. Yes. And the Jets didn't take notes. They're like, oh, Adam Gase, pretty good. Played when Peyton Manning won them the Super Bowl. Da 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 da. Yeah, great. Well, he's been nothing but dog shit for them. I mean. He's been nothing nothing but dog shit. Like, there's no other way to put it um, for this Jets team on both sides of the ball. Getting rid of Jamal Adams now is thriving in Seattle. So it's like... Adam Gase is single-handedly responsible for driving two AFC East teams into the ground. The Dolphins are finally starting to figure it out. But, yeah, I mean, if you're a Miles Gaskin owner, definitely something to keep an eye on if Le'Veon Bell signs for the Dolphins. It says Le'Veon Bell is reportedly plans to sign with either Miami or... Kansas City so it will be interesting but also if the Chiefs are looking to sign I feel like the Chiefs are always adding running backs throughout the year like they did with Shady McCoy if, if you're yeah with Shady McCoy and if you're a Hilaire owner I'd be pissed off right now I would might I might consider trying to trade Hilaire to get some value out of him considering that they're not going to just pick up Lev Bell to just not give him <laughs> five carries like they're going to be giving him probably eight to ten to thirteen carries a game so if you're a C E if you're a CEH owner, it's like, what do you do? You drafted this guy in the first round. Yeah, it's also so frustrating because Clyde Edwards Hilaire was overvalued to begin with, and now it I mean I mean if you're Lev Bell, why not try to go to the Chiefs and win the Super Bowl? He's also considering the Bills too. It doesn't say that right there, but it's Bills, Chiefs, Dolphins. I saw it on the on this TV at the gym today. So yeah, I mean, that sucks. Especially if you're it, like a, a Clyde Edwards Hilaire owner, you drafted him like in the top ten, and now Lev Bell's gonna eat your carries. That I think fucking sucks. I think he's gonna end up with the Bills. Me too. I, mean, I pick Devin the Bills. Singletary sucks ass. I mean, he's just horrific. I've never liked him. 
Um, very he hasn't been that bad. 27. He was going in round six. He all right. He he had a down week last week, but yeah, no. And also, if you're Love Bell too, you don't want to go. You want to go the Bills because they have a chance to win a Super Bowl, and you don't have to beat out a running back. It's not going to be as hard to beat out a running back for carries. But yeah, I. I mean, this is a wet dream if you're a Love Bell fan. But not like, alone, like as an owner, like, like Adam fuck. Gase was running this guy into the ground. Obviously, he's up there in age. He's 28. Um, the Michigan State product is going to have a chance to really bounce back considering that he held out in 2018. Um, it's very interesting, and I think it's good for the league that he's out of that toxic relationship with Gase because um, it was reported that he didn't like Gase whatsoever. All right, kind of a surprisingly boring fantasy matchup. Bucks versus Packers. Eddie, what do you think? Sure hoping Chris Godwin returns to my lineup. Um, he has only played two games. I drafted this guy in the second round. Uh, it's been very disappointing, to say the least. But in games that he's played, he's gotten decent volume. Um, you know, I think ultimately, like, he had 14 and 17 in the two weeks that he played. So they're decent weeks. They're not anything special. But, you know, I'm hoping that he can really turn it around. Because last year, I believe he was tight end two or it was wide receiver two last year yeah he was wide receiver two last year so i really hope that the penn state product can really pick it up here as he returns from his various injuries that he has had and one thing if you're a chris goblin owner too you better hope he breaks out because he was a second round pick in most leagues but um a guy who i really like this week is a borderline flex guy since i'm loaded at running back i'm not gonna play him but Ronald Jones. Rojo. And Ronald Jones, our biggest concern for Rojo was that he wasn't going to get the volume with Leonard Fournette. Uh, yeah, Leonard Fournette's basically irrelevant now, and I know him and Ronald Jones were ranked about the same in the ESPN Fantasy Predictions for the year. He had 17 for 106 for 15 points last week. He needed to get a touchdown in there to get a lot of points. The last week he had 20 for 111, 18 points, no touchdown. Um, he's a borderline flex guy. I mean... He's getting the volume. He just needs to score a touchdown or two. He had 20 carries and 17 carries in the last two weeks. So, yeah, if he has another, you know, 16, 17, 18 carry week, adds a touchdown in there, you're sitting pretty with Ronald Jones. Yeah, it's not good if you're a Leonard Fournette owner. But, yeah, Ronald Jones, he's emerging into a decent fantasy play this year. Has fallen off the map. He had one game in week two where he had two touchdowns, 12 carries, which isn't even a lot. For 103, so I'm assuming that he had a couple breakout runs. Um, didn't watch the game, but averaging 8.6 yards a carry. Since also, then, also, also, Eddie, off. one of those, one of those carries, he, he had like an 80 yard touchdown run. Agreed. That week. Yeah. yeah, no, yeah, it was like a big run. So he is one of the most least appealing fantasy players. I mean, I stayed away from. Definitely stayed away from the Bucks running back core in this year's draft. But I mean. Ronald Jones has been a high-risk, high-reward. You know, he's really shown off 17 and 20 carries in the last two weeks. You got to love it. You know, the young guy, give the young guy the touches. You know, he's their, he's their future. Not to mention he's getting decent volume. Getting great as, volume, dude. He just has to score some touchdowns. As a receiver, too. So he's definitely like a guy that is turning into a receiving back, one of those James White, you know, Oh yeah, he, had he has six great receptions. PPR value. Six receptions in week four against LA. And you know, you add in three, four, five receptions on top of a 20 carry game, like you're bound to have 20 plus points. 
So the sky's the limit with Ronald Jones. You know, he really controls his own destiny here. Yeah, Ronald Jones, I cannot state enough how massive of a PPR value Ronald Jones has. Not much to say for the Packers. Aaron Jones, running back number two. I mean, if you don't have him in your lineup, you know, you might have a mental disability. He is unbelievable. He's a stud. I drafted him early. I'm glad to have him on my team. Uh, Now, a guy who has flew under the radar has emerged into one of Aaron Rodgers' favorite targets is Robert Tanyan. He is tight end number five in the NFL, despite not even recording a fantasy point in week one. In week three against New Orleans, he had 16 points. In week four against that horrible Atlanta defense, he had 33 points. Coming off a bye against the spotty Tampa Bay defense, this guy could have a massive week. I picked him up off of waivers, and he's tight end five. He is only owned in 58% of leagues. So That's bogus, man. I right? Mean, How nuts is guy, that? This guy is really taking advantage of his targets. He's only getting, like, in weeks... Four weeks, three and four, he caught all the balls that were thrown his way. I mean, this guy is very reliable, and it's looking that Aaron Rodgers has a tight end that he can really count on. Aaron Rodgers has a 96% completion percentage when throwing to Robert Tanyan, so that's massive. All right, moving on. Rams versus 49ers, a very interesting – actually, it's not even an interesting matchup. It's just interesting because the fantasy options, other than George Kill and Rob Woods, pretty much suck this week. Um, starting with the Rams. I'm, hey, don't forget about Cooper Cup. All right, sorry. Co- Cooper Cup's good. Anyway, whatever. Uh, starting with the Rams, uh, Rob Woods and Cooper Cup are obviously solid wide receiver one or two category for this week. Um, Robert Woods is wide receiver number 15, so he's having another just, he's just solid. He's a solid guy. Uh, talking about the Rams running back core, I never know what to think with this Rams running back core. One week it's Cam Akers, one week it's Daryl Henderson, one week it's Malcolm Brown. Last week it was Daryl Henderson Jr. who had 21 points compared to Malcolm Brown's three, and Cam Akers coming back from injury has nine, had nine points. Cam Akers was extremely overvalued this year. He was a fifth-round draft pick. He was drafted number 54 in our league, which is absurd. But, you know, I would not touch any of these Los Angeles Rams running backs. And if you're a guy who has Daryl Henderson, saw they had 21 points last week, still keep him on your bench because Cam Akers had nine, and Malcolm Brown has shown that he can play too. And I would not be surprised if Cam Akers is the lead back this week. As Sean McVay, it is the most infuriating thing ever. He loves the hot hand with running backs. Look at why Gurley's not on the team anymore because he realized, look, my offense is so great that I believe any running back can succeed in the system. And it doesn't matter who it is, but one week... One Rams running back is good for 20 points. It's just a matter of who it's going to be. So, talking about the talking about the 49ers, I mean, George Kittle. Yeah, I mean, let, let loose Daryl Henderson. I mean, start or You think you should start him? Let the man loose. McVay. This guy, like McVay, come on. Like, 21.8 on 15 carries for 38 yards. So, he had a pretty dismal game last week. But he also had some production out of the backfield as a receiver, 330 for a touchdown. Um, but one of the games that really stood out to me was his 6.8 yards a carry against Philly, where he went 12 for 81 with the touchdown, and he also had two receptions for 40 yards. Um, Daryl Henderson has looked good when he's gotten the ball, and he is a young player. He's still very, I think he's a second round player. 
you can also say the same thing about Mal- Malcolm Brown, too, when he gets carries. Malcolm Brown's at big games when he gets the volume of carries. I know, and it's like, you it's know, frustrating. He, Will Henderson is a little undersized. He's 5'8", 207, so, like, it really depends where you want to go here, but he is 23. Give him the hot hand. He's a young running back. Um, you also got Cam Akers, so it's like, you obviously know McVay's plan, and it's running back by committee. All these guys are splitting carries, but really... I'd stay away from all of them, man. Like, yeah, Daryl Henderson, sure. still keep him on your roster, but, like, we talk about volume all the time, and Daryl Henderson is a very, you know, he, you may start him because they say, oh, he's going to get the volume this week, but then he ends up getting maybe 10 carries. So, definitely a guy you might want to stay away from. All right, Chiefs versus Bills. A very interesting fantasy matchup, Two. Of the best wide receivers in fantasy, Tariq Hill and Stephon Diggs going at it. You also got two running backs who have been, who've had up and down seasons who might be on the hot seat with Lev Bell deciding to choose a new team after being released. And Devin Singletary, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Oh um, all right, Eddie, let's start with the wideouts. What do you think about Tariq Hill and Diggs? Obviously, you know, uh, Tyreek Hill has been very valuable considering he's not getting a lot of targets. Um, Diggs has looked tremendous. It seemed like in that Tennessee game on Tuesday Night Football that he was getting insane volume. He had 16 targets. you got to love that if you're a fantasy owner at Diggs or just any receiver getting that volume. It's just crazy. Um, drafted 60th overall by this guy in the fifth round. Extremely undervalued. Stefan Diggs has looked incredible. He already has 500 receiving yards. It's insane. Now, if he can compile a couple more touchdowns, he has two on the year. Um, I think he's bound to have a touchdown this game. Think about Diggs, too. Okay? He was one of those wideouts who was severely undervalued. Guys like him and Robbie Anderson, severely undervalued. Now, you look at who's throwing the ball. Josh Allen is probably second in the MVP race behind Russell Wilson. I think that's fair to say. He's he's top five in the MVP race. Josh Allen's been amazing. And... Cole Beasley is a guy, too, that you need to take seriously if you're an opposing defense. So that has been opening up so much for... That has been opening up the field so much for Stephon Diggs. Now, yeah, like Eddie said, 16 targets for Stephon Diggs. That's insane, you know? Th- he, he was good when Kirk Cousins was throwing the ball. Kirk Cousins, a just-above-average quarterback. The sky is the limit for the rest of the year with Josh Allen, a young, mobile quarterback who loves to roll outside the pocket. Diggs has the speed. He can do it all, whether it's a deep threat, whether it's in the slot. You know, he's been fabulous for me this year. You know, I could not be happier. He's the fifth best wide receiver in all of the ESPN Fantasy Football. He is a walking 20 points a game. Stephon Diggs is great. And, yeah, um, he's bound for another big week. I mean, I don't think, I don't really think that I could predict a bad week for Stephon Diggs. You know, last year's fan, it's just so dumb to me that last year, because he was having a shitty quarterback and Kirk Cousins throwing the ball, his fantasy value dropped this year and he was severely undervalued just because he had a down year with Kirk Cousins and Adam Thielen, who obviously had a better connection than him and Diggs. And think about the adversity Stephon Diggs has faced, too. He was passed over for Adam Thielen, passed over for Justin Jefferson. He has to go to he has to go from Minnesota to Buffalo, one shitty cold place to another shitty cold place. He couldn't even go to play with like Tom Brady, and yet he's proving everybody wrong. You love to see him face adversity, and you love to see him put up the numbers that he's been putting up. I like Stephon Diggs. I will take Stephon Diggs 20 points a week, take it to the bank every week. He is really proving people wrong, like Raider said, and that man has a huge chip on his shoulder. It's insane. Gotta love 
mistakes. I mean, it's it's inevitable at this point. He is proven to be one of the best receivers in this year's. He's been he's just saying it. Obviously, like Raider said, Diggs has really proven people wrong. Um, big chip on the shoulder. Big chip on his shoulder, and he has proven to be one of the best receivers in the league. Our last game we're going to talk about, Cardinals versus Cowboys. Obviously, the tragic news that Dak Prescott broke his ankle and it's going to be out for four to six months, and this does not bode well for fantasy owners as the Cowboys wide receiver corp has been extremely interesting to watch this year and extremely powerful in fantasy. Um, not Michael Gallup. Yep, not Michael Gallup. So, Eddie, take it away. <laughs> um, being a Michael Gallup owner, I knew uh, that he was bound to have a bust year, and he is sure bust. He's wide receiver 33. He's put up decent numbers, but you know, obviously we don't like to see the four-point games considering that he is starting – as my flex at some times, definitely not right now. Um, four for 73, you know, not great. Had four targets, 11 points, like sure. Um, obviously, his breakout week was week three against Seattle where he had six for 138 and a touchdown, um, 26 points. But CeeDee Lamb is another guy that has had another great week. CeeDee Lamb is now currently wide receiver 11, uh, looked really good. Um, he's definitely a rookie. All right. CeeDee Lamb is definitely a guy to keep an eye out on. I don't think his production is going to go down with Andy Dalton throwing, throwing him the ball. Andy Dalton might not be as good as Dak Prescott, but I will say Andy Dalton is a veteran. It's not like Brandon Whedon's throwing the ball out there in <laughs> Dallas or Kyle Orton out of anyone here. But I mean, CeeDee Lamb has looked great. I mean, obviously... Dak's gone, which is very unfortunate considering we're both Eagles fans. We have the most upright. CeeDee Lamb is definitely an intriguing player at the flex, especially if you if you have depth at wide receiver. I mean, CeeDee Lamb, 25.2 in week four and 20 in week five. Um, plays an interesting Arizona defense, but I don't think his volume is going to go down. You know, he had 11 targets in week Five obviously he was developing a tremendous chemistry with Dak Prescott. I think the rest of the year he might stay inside the top twenty, but obviously his value goes down a decent amount with Dak gone. I still think he's fantasy relevant. Um, I put him for you know he's projected twelve points. I'd give him around ten to fifteen for this week. Not a bad estimate and. On the Cardinals, uh, Kyler, DeAndre Hopkins, you start him, still have a good Christian connection. Christian Kirk is also a guy you got to Yes, that's your right. Yeah. But obviously, Christian Kirk is very inconsistent. Yeah, what, what was Christian Kirk's stat line last week? Um, he had 12.8, 10.9 in Solid. week four. Solid. I, I don't know if he's a borderline flex guy yet, but I mean, it's something to keep an eye on. No, yeah, definitely. Definitely a guy you want to have on your bench. And um, so this... Uh, Arizona Cardinals running back core. Last week, Chase Edmonds basically exposed that it's not Cardinals' offensive line problem. It's a Kenyon Drake problem as he bursted it off for a 29-yard touchdown. That was good to see from Chase Edmonds. He had 20 points last week, but I'm not trusting it. I'm not playing Kenyon Drake or Chase Edmonds. Uh, yeah, I just, I just don't trust either of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously his last two weeks, Chase Edmonds has looked fucked. Obviously, the last two weeks have looked very promising for Chase Edmonds, considering he has only gotten 
three and four carries in the past two weeks, so seven total. I mean, the sky's the limit with him. I mean, against the Jets, um, he did have 12 yards a carry, which is insane. Um, I think J- I think it's obvious to say that Chase Edmonds is obviously that has been healthy. This guy has been healthy, but he just has he stinks, man. Like 2.7 yards to carry against Carolina, 3.3 yards to carry against the Jets. Like a horrific defense. So I mean, there's a big there's like four moods when it comes to Kenyon Drake owners. It's like Kenyon Drake is still a top ten running back in fantasy. They're trying to, you know, back him up. And then they're like literally thinking that they could have drafted someone like Joe Mixon or one of those guys going in the second round. I mean, Kenyon Drake has looked terrible. I don't have to say anything more because I've already been on the Kenyon Drake hate train. Man, this guy sucks. I think the world's been on the Kenyon Drake hate train, Eddie. You might want to give Don Schultz a chance because he could be very boom or bust. He could be in that range. He could be in that territory I'm, this week. I'm about ready to fucking drop Zach Ertz <laughs> if I owned him. Like, oh, what a disgrace. Disgrace. Yep. And that's the problem. These tight ends, the ADP is way too high. All right. Um. Yeah. I mean, I think that's all we got this week. Uh, Eddie, anything else, man? I mean, we're going to put this out in like the next hour before Thursday Night Football. Johnny Smith, baby. Johnny Smith and Minshew Mania. Ride the Minshew train. Uh, bet with Thrive Fantasy. Promo code NEST. NEST in all caps. Uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Uh, yeah, take take our advice and you'll win your league. Travis Fulgham over Jerry Rice. <laughs>